Well, what I want to do um, today, this morning, with all the children here, and uh, outstanding job again, thank you so much, is to think about what is the most extraordinary name you've ever heard given to a child? What is the most extraordinary name you've ever heard given to a child? Now, I've got some possibilities here. I wonder whether you can link up these names with the family. So here's the first name coming up. Do you know who these children's names belong to? Romeo, Brooklyn, and Cruz. Does anybody know whose parent, uh, ch- parents these children are? The backup, the, the drummer has it. It was a great beat as well. Thank you. It was a good beat. Yes, David and Victoria Beckham gave those wonderful names, extraordinary names to the children, Romeo, Brooklyn, Cruz. Next one, what about this one? Who gave their names this? Fifi, Trixie, LaBelle, Peaches, and Pixie. Does anyone know who gave those extraordinary names? Bob Geldof and Paula Yates. Yeah, okay, good. You're up on your extraordinary names. Here's another one. Apple and Moses. Does anyone know who called their children Apple and Moses? Who? Yes, correct. Yes, Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow. That's beautiful names. Now, this actually is my personal favorite of the lot. Next one. Who called... Oh, no, we got another one. That's right. Daisy Boo, and this is not my favorite. Next one's after this is my favorite. Daisy Boo and Poppy Honey. Isn't that nice? Daisy Boo and Poppy Honey. Who called their kids that? Jamie Oliver. Very good. Jules I'm going to pause it right now because I remember I should have announced the offering and given a hymn. <laughs> There's one more coming. So let's put that on pause at the back there. There's another, it's my favourite's coming. I got into my talk too hastily, didn't I? The, the men are waving the bags at me at the back. So, children, we can only wait for my favourite. This is a great opportunity for us to uh, worship God by giving of our money. And if you're a guest here, you're not come prepared to give, that's fine. You just pass the bag along. But it's an opportunity for those who are regular members and attenders here to give towards the work of the church. And as we take up the offering, we're going to sing this great congregational hymn, Away in a Manger. The children aren't participating in this one, are they? No, the final one. Great. So let's remain seated as we take up the offering. Great. Now there's great anticipation now, isn't there? What can beat Romeo, Brooklyn, Cruz, Fifi, Trixie, LaBelle, Peaches, Pixie, Apple and Moses, Daisy Boo and Poppy Honey? Well, I think this next one is my favorite. Who do you think called their child this? George. In fact, this person called five of their sons George and one of their daughters George. Who could that be? Who do you think? George Foreman. That is exactly right. George and Joan Foreman. George has 10 children. He called the five boys George, and even one of his daughter George, another one called uh, Georgette. So there was even another George in there. Now, isn't that great? When you've got a good name, why not use it? When you've got... But let me tell you, I think the most extraordinary name that's ever been given to a child in history is none of those names. It is this name. Look at this name. Wonderful Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What an extraordinary name to give to a child. You've never thought of calling your child this, have you? But 
700 years before the events of the first Christmas night, Isaiah the prophet prophesied that there would be a child born who would deserve such a name. Let's put the, the wider verses up. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Now what is the background to this uh, prophecy? Well, Isaiah was writing at a time of great gloom and darkness for the whole nation. They were facing the threat of terrorism. They were facing the threat and prospect that their economy was going to be destroyed. A foreign superpower was threatening to invade their land, destroying homes and farms and possessions. And this nation had ruthlessly conquered many other nations, bringing death and destruction. And they were very much on the borders of Israel, threatening to destroy all before them. And this was all happening, Isaiah the prophet says, because... Their kings, Isaiah's, uh, Israel's kings and leaders, had rejected God's word. They had rejected God's instruction through Isaiah the prophet. He had told them how they could be safe and kept safe from this danger. But instead, they had ignored God's words and they'd rejected God and chose to run things their own way without God. And their way of wisdom was leading them to certain disaster and death. That was the context gloom and darkness over the land in that way. Now that's not just ancient history. It seems a fair description to me of the world we live in today. If we have a, the courage really to take a hard look at the world and even more courage to look into our own hearts, we'll see that this is a beautiful world that's messed up by our selfishness and by our sin. We see nations and lives that ignore God and ignore God's word. And that's why we're in such a mess, the Bible says. But here is the amazing thing about Isaiah chapter 9, this ancient prophecy, is that th there was a promise that even though that there was a spiritual problem of sin and rejection, that Isaiah was prophesying in that darkness that there was hope that there was great light ahead and it would come through the promise of a child who would change everything. A child that would change everything. Here's a child that would bring light into darkness, that would bring joy and celebration to the brokenhearted, that would bring uh, peace, that would end all fighting, that would, end, that would bring hope to all those who are despairing. So isn't that incredible? Verse 6, for to us, a child is born. All of this hope would come from a child who would be king. To us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Isn't that amazing? All that joy because of the birth of a baby. Now mums and dads here, uh, especially if you saw kids up here, your kids doing something, you can't help but just, your kind of heart melts as you see your kid just about getting their lines out. You think, brilliant! And you think about the day that you know, that child was born, and there they're up there, almost you're know, getting those lines out. That's fantastic, isn't it? And you remember the day that that child was born, and, and it's, it's a big, emotional, wonderful memory. And uh, your eyes start misting up a bit as you consider the birth of your own kids. But let's be honest. When our children were born, uh, there was not really national rejoicing going on, was there? You know, a few people may have feigned enough interest about the weight and the name of our child, uh, but that was about it. 
How can this king have such significance for them and for us today? Why are we still, uh, through everything we did here, poems and songs and, and uh, for what I'm doing, why should we have any, um, pay any attention to this amazing news about this king? Well, look at the identity of this king. It's all in his name. Look at it again. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is no mere human king, is it? This is the king, God wrapped in human flesh. Who else could live up to such a name? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Just think about each bit. Wonderful Counselor. Now for those who were first read this or heard this who uh, spoke Hebrew that word wonderful would be like a neon sign to them because in their scriptures the word wonderful was only ever used of God things that God can do here is a person who is a divine counselor here is the one if we want to know the truth about God we should listen to this child who would be king if we want to know the truth about ourselves we should listen to this child who would be king he, he's going to be the wonderful counselor and not only would he be marked with divine wisdom but he will have divine power he is mighty God this child will be known as mighty God I mean, who could live up to such a name? Can you imagine so, the midwife saying, what are you going to call your child? Mighty God. What? Who can live up to such a name? Isaiah is preparing us to, 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 for, for a baby that's going to come in history who's going to be both fully human, yes, he's a child, but fully God. Someone who could speak and act as only God could speak and act. Perhaps the sort of person, I don't know, who could feed thousands of people with a few bread, loaves and fish, perhaps the sort of person who could still a storm at sea with a word, I don't know, perhaps the sort of person who could raise uh, dead people to life, that sort of person, I wonder in history, has there been such a person? And this is a king who cares, his leadership will be that of a loving father and one that will never leave us, everlasting father. Here is one who will rule and care for his people for eternity. He's going to bring in a kingdom that goes on forever, everlasting father. And he is going to be a king who can end the conflict and enmity between us and God, between us and other people, because he is the prince of peace. Here's someone who can fix and mend broken and hurting people, broken and hurting relationships, a broken and messed up world by bringing in a new kingdom of peace and blessing. And if we had time today, we could read on in Isaiah the prophet and see that this one would bring in this peace a great personal cost. He would be bruised and beaten. He would be pierced for our sins and rebellion. God would punish him he would swap places with us so that we could be forgiven. Now, who's the identity of this child? Who can live up to this extraordinary name? Well, it doesn't sound like anyone you've heard of in history. Isaiah starts his prophecy in chapter 9 with a big clue. He says this, something big is going to happen around Nazareth and Galilee. I'm telling you, hundreds of years ahead, something big is going to happen around Nazareth and Galilee. You watch there. And so Matthew, in his gospel... In chapter 4, he makes sure we get the point. He says this in Matthew 4, verse 12. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, Jesus returned to Galilee. 
Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which is by the lake in the area of Zebulon and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said to the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali. He's, he's quoting now this exact prophecy from Isaiah 9. The way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And from that time on, Jesus of Nazareth began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Well, you knew the answer was going to be Jesus because you've been to Sunday school. But isn't that amazing? 700 years before, Isaiah prophesied that this one would come and Jesus comes on the stage of history and he can feed thousands with bread and loaves. He can still the storm with a word. He acts and speaks as only God can in the world. And he comes and proclaims, repent of living for yourself, of living selfishly as if you're the number one. Repent of that. And submit to me as your king. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus of Nazareth, born of the virgin, is the one that Isaiah prophesied. He's the one who lives up to such a name. And to those who come and submit to him as their king. This is the leadership he offers today. Wisdom, might, fatherly care, peace. And as we trust him now, we have the certainty of participating in this kingdom that will go on forever. It is turning from our self-rule to enter God's everlasting kingdom that we can know today, light in our darkness. Joy and celebration when we are brokenhearted. Peace in our troubles. Joy in our despair because of this king. Are you trusting him, the one that we're proclaiming this day? Well, I don't know whether you've got any questions about the Christian faith. I want to tell you that in the new year, we're running a course called Glad You Asked, uh, an opportunity for you to ask the questions that maybe are bugging you, the big questions that you have, uh, to explore the spiritual questions that you might have about the Christian faith. Well, there'll be some uh, leaflets on the way out. And uh, it starts on, on 18th of January, running to the 22nd of February, 7.30 until 9. Why don't you come and think about doing that? Well, thank you for coming today. Uh, it's a great season of recalling what is the best news on the planet. And as I say, welcome to the carol service uh, tomorrow, uh, tonight at Charlotte Square at 6 o'clock. Next Sunday we have two carol services as well that you'd be glad for you to attend. And as we close, we're going to sing In the Bleak Midwinter. And the congregation is going to sing the first three verses and then the kids will sing the last verse alone. Is that right? Great. Well, let's stand and sing together.